I was CMO for a month, right? So being CMO of a public company, uh, something like that, like that sounds good. People like respect you. I can, I tell my neighbors, I tell my family and friends. And so now it's like, hey, Adrian, what, what are you doing? I, I wrote a post or I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm reading James Baldwin and you're like, oh, okay, like what, what, what are you doing? Almost 20 years ago, our paths crossed in the sneaker world. And since then, we have been on a professional and personal journey together. We've made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of fun, and even a few wins along the way. Our goal is to share our experiences and insights so you don't have to make some of the same errors that we did. And in addition, we want to help you begin to think about things a little different. So join us as we unpack our unsolicited and sometimes polarizing views on business, faith, and family questions that make you want to unfollow. What's up, guys? We are in season two of the Unfollow podcast. AP and I are back from a long hiatus. It has been um, not only a huge year of change, um, but I would say it's been a year of pruning. And so yeah, hope the one coming up is a year of growth, baby. Yeah, yeah, I think change is an understatement. I think uh, in every conceivable area, we've had some kind of pretty significant material shift. So I think we're excited to get back to the podcast. Uh, I had several people ask me over the summer, when you guys getting yeah. back? When is season two? And I was like, yeah. oh, well, oh, okay, let's let's do this thing, man. So no, we're, we're, we're excited. We're excited to uh, give updates and kind of head into some topics that are close to our hearts with some things that we can speak with a little more I'd say freedom, some liberty, yeah. Uh, yeah. because of our situations with uh, employment and organizations we're a part of and not a part of, and all, all these wonderful things that we're excited to share. Yeah, and then also we're gonna try to share the video of this as well. So AP, I know people are gonna ask like, where yeah. are you at, and why are there only black people on the wall behind you? So yeah. you wanna tell us that? Yeah, I'm 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 at the crib. Uh, you know, I'm at uh, I'm at home, and you know, this the wall of black excellence, as I call it, right? Is I make my shift from a marketer that you know works with artists to potentially an artist that might do some marketing. Is you know, this is my inspiration, man. These are all people mm. or pieces of art or subjects that you know for me, you know, represent excellence and something they've done or a picture that reminds me of myself. So th this is kind of my 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 laboratory of thinking as I try to you know go go from writing budgets and briefs and PowerPoint slides mm. to actually like writing nonfiction, writing poetry, writing about myself. So uh, yeah. it, this is a part of the uh, let's call it the reeducation of Adrian Parker. <laughs> I love that from the perspective too of like the kids coming into your office yeah. and what do they see on the wall behind you, right? And each of those images probably has a story behind it, you know. And yeah. I'm sure that you know them better than I do, but like that's really cool for you to be able to point to and say like, oh, well, this guy or this lady did this, and you can do that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And some of them are just my faves. You know, you got uh, some, let me see, camera can go up there. You see, you got some good ones up there. You see the Barack, Hendy Wiley, you got Ray Charles, you got, you know, Gwendolyn Brooks, you got Stevie Wonder. I mean, some local artists, some originals, some prints. I mean, it's going down, man. It's, this, is, this is the non-corporate version of me. I love it, but the one request I have is for you to put the Parker fam up there, right? The one with your OG picture on it. I love that nice. one the most. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's All do right, it. Cool. All right. So as we jump into season one or season two, episode two, season one, 
No, all of that was backwards. That was terrible. So as we jump into season two, episode one, <laughs> I'll get that straight. Um, what do you want to really start with, man? Like, I think the people are going to want to know, like, hey, what's the career update? What are you guys really doing? You guys have kind of alluded to that. Yeah. But I think there's probably some bigger topics in this season two we want to get to. Um, I think last season we really did uh, a good job of touching on faith. We touched yeah. on ethnicity and culture. Um, we tried to touch on work, especially if you're into marketing, um, because that's our backgrounds. And so as we move into season two, like, what do you want to cover this year? Yeah, you know, I think it's a, a, a deeper, more uh, material look at some of those topics, right? So instead of just like work, the value of it, like sharing our personal experiences a little bit, like how you're redefining work, uh, what are the pitfalls and maybe some of the problems that you've had to yeah. work through uh, as you've, you know, transitioned, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk. Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about some of the more polarizing issues, not as hot topics, but as like people and like some of the people we love in our family, some of the people that, that we love in our communities and how yeah. we're working to bring about change in, in ways. You know, I'd love to share a little bit about where me and Alicia are and our kind of faith community and our, our journey there. Um, but also some fun stuff, man. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're all working on some great projects uh, I'm excited about some of the writing I'm doing. I know you've got some really good clients that you're working on and real estate projects as well. So yeah. I, I think it's digging into kind of like this, you know, this living autopsy of, you know, two 40 plus year old guys who have uh, shifted some things. And yeah. then, you know, some of the things we're struggling with, some of the things we're scared of, but some of the things we're, we're passionate about as well. Yeah. And I think for newcomers to this podcast in this season, um, if you were sent this by a friend or, you know, somehow you stumbled, stumbled upon it in iTunes, Adrian and I don't exactly look alike and we didn't exactly come from the same backgrounds. <laughs> um, we may have come from a similar economic setting, um, but for those of you guys that don't know, AP and I met at our first job, which was in New Jersey and New York in 2002. And yeah. it was, you know, our first year right out of school. It was our first, you know, corporate job together. Um, young black guy sitting in the smallest cubicle I've ever seen, um, <laughs> making it making it look even smaller. Um, and me, this, you know, spiky-haired boy band, you know, white kid from West Virginia. And we just somehow fell in love with each other and our work ethic and creativity. And 20 years later, here we are. Yeah, I, I can't get rid of him. So every black guy, right, has to have at least that one white guy where you're like, he's cool, but is he like cool, cool? Like, yeah. could he hang out at the like, at the Cookout. Am I cookout could, could approved? He, could he be at the cookout? Could he just hang out with Big Mama? And yeah. Daryl is that guy. Daryl can yeah. hang out with everybody. And people will ask about him, hey, how's Daryl? So no. Daryl is African-American family approved. Yeah, and well, and it doesn't hurt too when you have like a black name, right? When <laughs> yeah. your name is, your your name is uh, very uh, multicultural, as you yeah. say. So Dar yeah, uh, if you're a white guy named Daryl or like Terrence, you're good. You're you're like halfway in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what in the world are you gonna do now that you have quit your full time job? Yeah, you know, I came with the term the other week, and I I thought I'd created it, but. I Googled somebody created it first. It was it's pre-tirement. So I am pre-tired. I am uh, not full-time retired and I'm not full-time uh, professionally uh, employed. And so, you know, as of 
mid uh, July, you know, I'm a, I'm a free agent. And so I'm taking 12 months of wife approved time to just really dig into my creative pursuits. Uh, I'm, I'm writing, so I'm writing every day. I'm doing mm. a ton of reading, uh, doing some advising on the side, but I'm, I'm actually in the process of really much more of a, of a pivot really, you know? So uh-huh. not only was it a pause to take some time away from the corporate grind, uh, cause I, I needed a, a break for my mental and I think spiritual sanity, but really more important, you know, I think what I loved about where I got to work at Patron for seven years, where I got to lead, uh, lead marketing and work with some amazing people at the Bacardi company, our, our, our parent company was, I got a chance to really fall in love with the work of marketing, not the job. Right. The job was all the stuff, all the campaigns, yeah. all the budgets, all the stuff. Right. But the work right, is really like tapping into people's hearts and minds. It was building out ideas that change how somebody thought about something. It was leading teams. It was mentoring. It was mm-hmm. doing something I believe in every day. And so as I fell more in love with the work of change, of transformation, of being courageous about ideas, hmm. of being courageous about my company values and, you know, how we tackle things in a society that's changing seemingly overnight, you know, I I realized I had opportunity, at least I have economic window where my time was more valuable than earning money, right? So I have yeah. a window where, like, instead of waiting till I'm 60, 65, right. I right. can actually, like, go for this now. And so I think as soon as Alicia said, Let's do it. I, you know, I, and, and there's a, there's a part in this story I'm skipping over. I will get into that, but uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a clear straight path. But I think just the idea of pursuing yeah. uh, what's in my heart. You know, I've been writing for 15 years, uh, but I've never really published uh, a lot of it. And so now it's going yeah. through all this, all the stuff of becoming a writer, creatively, uh, mentally, spiritually. Uh, and it, it's tough. It's hard. It's uh, it's um, it's scary. I'd, I'd say, but I haven't been scared about something in a long time, and it feels good to be scared about something that I believe matters. So that's a uh, that's my that's where I'm at today. So we're writing every day, but I get to spend time with my kids. I'm at home. I'm doing my own like lawn landscaping. Like you know, I, I got to clean the kitchen every day. I got to drop the kids off. I mean, I'm not a stay at home dad because my wife tells me that that comes with a list that i'm not quite hitting yet but right, right. i am a uh house husband <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad so, you yeah, used that, the word me. husband at the end of that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well depending on the day depending on the era or the century okay so a couple quick questions um for all of those people out there that are afraid for you right now Right. Yeah. They're afraid that yeah. you are not going to have enough groceries yeah. financially. Are you guys going to be OK at home? Yeah, financially we'll be OK. You know, it's fine. I got a couple calls when I, you know, I, I kind of announced my departure from uh, Patron on like LinkedIn and some social media. I had a couple mentors call me and some friends like, are you OK? This is a Dave Chappelle moment. Are you like you're not moving to Africa and you're like you, there's not like you're not checking into like a mental health facility. Yeah. And yeah, no, you know, I, I think we looked up a this has not been a a um, knee jerk or reflexive mm-hmm. piece. We've been talking and praying about it for at least two years, but had yeah. never really saw the window where we felt com- confident doing it um, as well. So economically, we're in a really good spot where, you know, we, we could go on, you know, for a while without any significant um, W-2 income, right? So income from some of our 
investments, income from, you know, capital investments and stocks. Those are some yep. things that, that we'll be smart about and use. But, you know, I, I think we looked up and realized we had income that we was kind of passive that we hadn't really tapped into. Yep. And so, yeah, we're, we're in the ability to do that. But I also think, you know, just the, the opportunity to build potentially a job or a career pivot that, you know, it's closer to some things I'm passionate about. That's a that's a big move. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, there's nobody paying me to be a writer right now. Put it that way. Right. Yeah. There's nobody. I'm blogging. I'm writing. But no one's cutting a check for that. So, yeah. you know, I spent 20 years building a career in marketing where people will cut a check for me to lead yeah. marketing. Yeah. So now I'm starting from like, but yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an intern. I'm an unpaid intern in my own yeah. job. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th I think the interesting thing there that I take away from that is number one, um, your financial decision making improved over the last ten years, yeah. right? Because you've been pretty open about like if you track back to like when you were in your late twenties, early thirties, you weren't making the wisest financial decisions, and fast yeah. forward ten years, you made really wise financial decisions. And it led to you being able to step away from your full-time job in order to create and build something that you're really passionate about. And so I think that's proof to those out there that are listening to this and, hey, you're 30 right now. It's not too late for you to do this yeah. and still create a window that you can step away and, and do your thing that you're really passionate about. I think so often we think, okay, well, I'll shift my mindset and then I'll start saving money and I'll be okay when I'm 65. That's true. But like to your point, right, like we're not guaranteed to get to 65 and there's some things I'm really passionate about right now. If you would just like grind for 10 years, make really wise decisions, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to be able to create 12 months that you can step away and build and do whatever you want to. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally possible. I've gotten so many notes from colleagues who are like, man, I never thought of it like that to like try yeah. to enjoy some of that now versus yeah. putting it off. And now. Be honest, right? And you know, there's a gap in this story, right? Where actually, I left Patron, I took a job as C CMO of a of a health technology company, and yeah. three weeks in, I was like, oh, I messed up. So yeah. you know, so I guess I did. It was a straight line. I actually took a job that would have even further set me up. You know, it was yeah. it was a very you know the equity, some of the pay payout over a few years would have been very. Um, aggressive, but you know, it would have been life changing for our family. And so I think I use that yeah. as kind of a, a, a in between. Uh, but I realized really three, three weeks into the job that I hadn't made the wrong decision. And so that, that was the yeah. humble, heartbreaking part of it where, you know, I realized like, oh, I'm, I'm really running. I wasn't brave enough to do what I, I really wanted to do. And so that, yeah. that was the piece where it's hard. It's hard to, you know, if it makes sense on the spreadsheet. It's still this thing. And I realized I wasn't really running from the economic reality. I was running from um, the lack of prestige, right? Yeah. So being yeah. a VP of marketing or, you know, a CMO, I was CMO for a month, right? So being CMO yeah. of a public company, uh, something like that, like that sounds good. People like respect yeah. you. I can, I tell my neighbors, I tell my family and friends. Yeah. And so now it's like, hey, Adrian, what, what are you doing? I, I wrote a posts or I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm reading James Baldwin yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, like what, what, what are you doing? And so it's, yeah. uh, it, it was a, it was a gut check, but it, it was an ego check. And so now I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, it's probably that shift, you know, for me, I'm letting go of comparison and competition and I'm just cultivating, uh, really a habit of joy, of gratitude, of thanks for where I am, who I am and 
you know, who I'm surrounded with. And I'm yeah, so appreciative yeah. of the things I already yeah. have. And so I'm, it's just, uh, it was a gut punch, but it was a, a good one. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, we've been in those meetings or those one-on-ones with employees or, you know, even for you speaking to even a broader audience and yeah. you'll say something about, you know, hey, it's not what you do, it's who you are, right? And we've all talked about like, hey, when we sit down as guys in a room, one of the first questions that pops up is, it's like, hey, what do you do, right? And so now your answer is very different. And you and I in the past would have even said like, well, you're not what you do. And I've even struggled to answer that question in a way, because I'm just just being a jerk. Like, I don't want to give the direct answer of what I make my W-2 income on, right? Because I want it to be about who I am, not what I do. But when all of that's stripped away, and now you really have to answer that question, hey, what do you do when you sit down with this new guy in your life, right? It's not an easy answer. And so in a weird way, having that previous W-2 income behind you was a crutch, right? And that thing is pulled out. And now there is no what you do is who you are in reality. It's easy to preach that, but when you really do it, Man, yeah, true. that that is a leap. It's a jump. It's no more crutches, right? So will you, over the next six months to a year, feel that um, that pain or that loss of, oh, man, I'm not a VP, I'm not a CMO, and now I'm not as important. What am I doing with my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or will you move into the truth of, hey, I don't do to be loved, right? I am okay. I am safe. I am. I am loved and I'm going to create some really great stuff out of that. And I'm going to have my own voice in doing that. And I think that's what my hope and prayer for you is through this journey of like, you can't just preach this stuff anymore. You are living this stuff, right? Yeah. That's it. You've been able to preach about being black in corporate America, right? Because you've been black in corporate America. Yeah. Now you are going to really live out what it means to be, you know, a guy creating things and not doing to be loved anymore. And I think you're going to share and have a different voice from a very different perspective over the next six months to a year. And I'm so excited to be here for it. Thank you, man. I appreciate the prayers. And yeah, I'm excited because, you know, to speak to an audience of people that I'm, you know, that I can relate. Right. So I've I've been in the, I've been in all the meetings and all the situations, et cetera. But now it gives me a, I think a certain credibility and and I I think uh, authenticity um, to it where without any strings attached, right? I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm not selling you my service. I'm not selling you my, uh, this software I created. I'm not selling you no. on something. I'm, I'm really just, you know, it's really truth. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I know you're a, you're a couple months ahead of me in this journey. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. and you're much more talented, right? Like you've got like five things that you could make into a full-time job overnight. I, I, yeah, I, I could be a hair model maybe, but other than that, I don't really have as many gifts as you have, so you would like, be a beard model. Yeah. It would be a beard yeah, model. Maybe a beard model. Um, yeah. But where are you at, DC? Because you, you, you're, you're this now. You're like, yeah. Yeah. So um, it was last year. Um, I just knew in October that it was time to step away. Mm-hmm. I'd been at Moore and Giles for eight years, and for those of you guys who don't know. I was vice president of marketing for a leather company um, called Moore and Giles. Um, it's based here in Lynchburg, Virginia. It's been around since 1933. Family owned, privately held, awesome company. 
great people. Um, really like family, to be honest with you. And so built uh, a team there specifically in marketing and kind of helped to build that brand over almost the last decade. And I knew in October that it was time. I could feel it. I could feel that like I had created a team that could operate well independently. Um, and I also looked at my own household. I looked at what Johanna was recovering from uh, with the breast cancer and treatments. Nobody talks about how impactful those treatments are, especially into recovery. Um, I looked at Emmanuel, who was about a year old, and he was dragging himself across the floor, uh, starting to crawl, and that changes things. And then Ella and Easton and their education, right? Easton was going to school, but it was a much shorter day, um, and Ella was being homeschooled. And I just looked at Joe, and I just knew that she was tired and that she needed help. Hmm. So fast forward to December, I had that exact same conversation with Sackettwood, our president of the company, and just he was great, gracious, loving about it. He knew, um, and we gave each other a big hug, said I love you. And starting January 4th of this year, I was unemployed. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to call you self-employed because you got like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've been self-employed yeah. for a long time, yeah. right? Like we have been doing the real estate um, hustle, I guess you'd say, for yeah. 12, 13 years. Um, and we've been doing a couple projects a year. And I've never shared this kind of out loud publicly, but we were approached by at least three different TV producers throughout those 13 years about doing renovation show, right? Like HGTV, the Calfies. Oh, yeah. I can see it. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, right. Well, and everybody always says that. They're like, oh, when's the show coming? Well, the truth yeah. is, is that we were approached a bunch of times. But the problem was, is that we weren't doing enough um, volume. So they want you to do like eight to 10 houses a year. And yeah. we weren't doing that volume. We were doing yeah. two to three houses yeah. a year because I had a full-time job. I was doing a lot of it by myself after hours. And so we just said, hey, like when you step away, like I think we could really go after this. Not the TV, compart yeah. TV component of it, but like, you know, creating our own content, doing more houses, all that kind of stuff. But I think the bigger thing was about getting Joe healthy. I mean, when you looked at her and you just saw how much chemo did to her, how much radiation did to her, how much surgery did to her. And then on top of that, having a baby, like she was just yeah. exhausted and she's still battling some of those things. And so, um, six months later, she's just in a very different spot. She's much healthier. She looks great. She's not as worn down. And I mean, as parents come on, like we're all worn down and tired, but oh, yeah. you know, she's doing great. And so in, July, we said, okay, I think we can do this. I think we can go, like we can push go. And so I've been working every day. Like I've been on the job site every day. Um, I did go ahead and get my um, class A commercial and residential contractor's license, which nice. probably isn't, a, you're probably surprised I didn't yeah. have it at that point. You know, yeah, yeah. just like Johanna didn't have her real estate license until a couple of years ago because we'd just been doing it on our own for so long. But we figured if we were going to, you know, do it on a very professional level, that Penny Lane needed to have, you know, both of those things. And so right now we've got four houses that we're working on. Um, we're working on a commercial rehab for um, a dear friend of ours right now who bought, um, it's like an older store slash cafe. Um, and it's got some showroom space and it's in Lynchburg. It's pretty iconic. So we're working on that. And then we actually have a 26,000 square foot apartment building we're getting ready to start now. We're finishing funding. 
Um, the appraisal just came in at 3.5 million, so it'll be the biggest project we've ever done on our own. Um, you know, most of our projects in the past have been in that 1.2 to 1.3 million dollar range. So, like, this is going to be much, much bigger. Big, and it man. scares the crap out of yeah. me. You know, it scares the crap out of me. But along the way, like, just like you, where you're going to be a writer that sometimes does marketing or a speaker that sometimes does marketing, you know, I'm a real estate slash construction developer that sometimes does marketing. And I think it's just for those of you who are listening, like, and you're in marketing, know that you're never going to lose that component to you, right? Like you're always going to have yeah. that in your bag of tricks. It's always probably going to be your right arm and not your left arm. It's going to be the thing that I think we can always go back to and, and use to benefit that thing that we're working on. Even this podcast, like yeah. you can probably yeah, smell it, but the reason that we're doing this podcast yeah. season two is to support the work that Adrian is writing. And so we're going to share some of that in real time. We're going to kind of test it. We're going to look at the analytics of the episodes and say like, oh, well, people responded to that or there was a lot of engagement. Like there's something there, right? We might even have some brands on here in this season where we're like yeah. really doing their marketing live at the same time. So I think that's the kind of update on where we're at financially we're fine like you over the last 10 years we've made some smart decisions we have some passive income from real estate um johanna is an excellent saver i'm an excellent spender she's the excellent saver <laughs> usually how it goes yeah yeah but we're good we're good so and good um i think the real takeaway for me and this is just me being transparent is there was some wrestling in that first six months of what am i doing with my life yeah like, what am I doing? And I think you're going to go through that too. Um, because as men, I know specifically that so much, and we just talked about this, of what we do is connected to who we are. And when we're not doing any of that, sometimes we're like, man, do I have purpose? Yeah. And I think it was a good reminder for me that like, when we look at the countries in which you and I serve so often, yeah. and uh, we, we visit for 10 days, we do some work, and we continue to give money to, the big thing that we got to always remember is that work specifically you know for us as guys has this way of creating value for us and we see that in the book of ecclesiastes you know as the writer goes through like what it means to enjoy the toil of your hands right because it's going to have to happen um, and there's nothing yeah. better than enjoying it at the end of the day so i think for for men to find meaningful work is so important Right. And I think that's what you and I really are leading ourselves into. Right. Is how do we take this run at finding and creating and building meaningful work for ourselves? Not necessarily getting yeah. paid for our time, because that's what we were doing in, in the past. Right. Our, we were getting yeah. paid for our time. Now we're going to get paid for what we create and our ideas. You know, for you, it's probably going to be more in the meta space. For me, it's going to be more probably in the physical space. But there's a couple things happening. Nobody's telling me where to go or when to show up. <laughs> and that is scary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's there. Like, let's be honest. When you are at your W2 and the borders are be here at this time, leave at this time and do these items. It's easy to be better than those things. Right. Like the bar is honestly pretty low sometimes in corporate America. But when yeah. you are out here on your yeah. own and you are setting your own standard, that bar gets a lot higher. It gets a lot farther away. And to be honest with you, it's kind of scary because nobody's waking you up in the morning. So all of that exercising that you yeah. and I talked about last season that we do in the mornings, that we write, that we exercise, that we um, are meeting with other men, all of that stuff, dude, that's why that stuff is so important when you're on your own. 
Because when you're yeah, at you that were- W-2 and you're at that office, man, you just show up. And some of those things kind of naturally happen, and you are already better than that bar. But, dude, when you're out here on your own, ain't nobody, ain't nobody showing up. Yeah, like, there's no ain't life Ain't nobody around. coming to the door. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question. So, if you had yeah. to spitball your – call it your personal KPIs, right? So when you were a VP of marketing at Moore & Giles, right? It was, yeah. You had sales. You ran the website or the catalog. You had to yep. have a certain amount of sales, certain amount of conversion on the site. You had a product launch. You had to get done. Like, yeah. what are your, like – call it life kpis right now your what are your key performance indicators and how do you think about like success in work now because it's all like flipped i am so glad you asked because i have a good answer (laughs) i think your personal kpis right i love that term um previously have been all tied to financial yeah am i making x amount of dollars a year Right then, somehow I'm good enough. But as we know, if we really want to go after what we want to go after, that's the wrong KPI to be measuring. Actually, that's going to be a consequence of doing the other things. So the first thing I will tell you is is that leaders write. Leaders write. Somebody asked me a long time ago as we were reading through the Bible, like, what did I learn about Paul? What did I learn about Timothy? What did I learn about some of these other apostles? I just said that they wrote. They wrote down their thoughts, or they had, we really know that somebody else scribed their thoughts, right? Um, But leaders write, whether it's writing something broad like you're doing to a broader audience, or writing something one-on-one. If we look at past presidents, like the thing that leaders do is that they write. So every day I still have to write to myself. And I have to write down what are the goals that I want, right? What are the three or four things that I want? And I have to consistently write them down. And then I got to come back to them. That's my KPI right there. I'm writing them down. And then I say, okay, have I accomplished those things yet? And, you know, maybe there's a financial one in there. But, like, for me right now, like, I want to build a new shop. I want to build a new shop for Penny Lane. Like, not a retail shop, but a place where we go. We park the vans. We park the trucks. Like, I've got a tractor shed. We've got space. I've got storage space. But, no, I want a shop where you say, hey, like, And so I'm writing that down every day and I will measure myself against that. Like, have I accomplished that thing yet? You know, that's cool. And I think if I do that, I think the other KPI that everybody else is so concerned about, about finances will happen, right? That will be a consequence of doing good work. Um, Another one that I'm writing down for myself right now is that Johanna and I have a vision for um, building what we would call um, ADUs or their accessory dwelling units. Um, We're, coming up with new names for them. But in the current real estate market, smaller housing is having a moment. And the reason is for multiple reasons, right? Like it's expensive, you know, we've all done life from home, Um, you know, there's not enough inventory. So I'll put something small in addition to, right, that accessory dwelling unit. I'll put it in my backyard or attach it to the garage or whatever. So Johanna and I are building out a whole brand around that. And so that's That's something we're going after, right? So I can't write down, build the whole brand, right? Like that's not a KPI. The KPI is build the model. Yeah. That's so cool, dude. Right? I'm going to build the model. And the Uh first model is going to be at our house. The second one will be in the real world. It'll be for somebody else in 2022. But the first one will be build the model at our house. So that's the KPI. Super simple. If I don't build the model, I have not achieved my goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
I'm jealous, man. You, you you have some fun stuff you're working on. Well, if you need some help, you just let me know. Uh, I can't build. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. No. I'll, well, I'll, you'll I'll be speaking. You. You'll be <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. If you can tithe towards my endeavors, yeah. that would be fantastic. That'd be awesome. All right, so gotcha. let me ask you something. How are you going to get there? You know, you asked yeah. me about KPIs, so it's a similar question. But you want to be a writer, right? And I think that will also transition into. Um, best-selling author i think that will transition into speaker keynote speaker kind of role um it probably will transition into pastor (laughs) pastor of uh bedside baptist uh, Uh, keller texas joking not joking about that third one but like how are you going to get there over the next 12 months yeah it's a good question um you know, I think the next 12 months is probably I'm uh, laying the foundation for what's going to come. Right. So it's it's like foundation and blueprint, um, you know, so I think three areas where I'm very deliberate around focusing and even built out like a Google calendar schedule of it is spending time with God, spending time with my family, and my community and then spending time creating. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, the biggest part is that time with God and it's not, you know, it's devotional. I read, I pray, but it's like time in nature. It's time to like, just mm-hmm. slow down and enjoy life is one. Yeah. Uh, two, I think for me is like with my family and my community, I realize like this journey I'm taking isn't, um, it's not about me. Right. So it's not this like monologue of Adrian on a stage, like doing his thing. There is this interdependency there right so it's like how am i really helping so i'm still mentoring i'm still supporting people and families i'm still uh being generous with my time and my money i'm still being able to like you know what hey here's here's somebody that needs some help here's a community group that needs some help so i'm very diligent around like hey how do you spend time doing that and none of none of those first two related to anything about i won't make a dollar or a dime from those directly but it's more about kind of the person i want to be and I think part of my shift has been like from doing to being. I have such mm-hmm. a gift where I can be without a productivity measure, right? So yeah. this week I wrote a lot. I mean, I, I wrote, you know, I stayed up a couple nights, you know, to like midnight just writing, right? Because um, I signed up for this writing contest. So I gave myself a deadline, right? So I'm like, I wrote three things and I'm, I'm publishing. Wait, wait, wait. Right? So writing, like, co- writing contest. Is this like... Yeah third grade where you oh yeah absolutely absolutely but you you know so in the literary world right so there's there's still gatekeepers in call it traditional the literary publishing business right so you can publish a blog and self-promote and publish i do that as well right so i do do my own stuff but it's also these literary checkpoints right so what i want to do i want to do both right i'm going to write things that i think are helpful or informational but i also Mm want to write like for art and for and so for me I need a deadline, right? So I'm a seven Enneagram, right? So giving myself a deadline and like, I got to get it done was great. Like I, yeah. I come alive, right? I'm like, oh, midnight, I got to go. I'm writing, I'm editing. Mm-hmm. I, I love it, right? So there's still that that creative part. So that that third you know priority is time to just create. Um, I spent 20 years, right? R- creating ideas that sold tequila, that sold software, yeah. that sold sneakers, and some mm-hmm. crazy good campaigns, right? I had, I had a chance to do some amazing marketing, um, but none of that had anything to do with me or something I created directly. And so yeah. part of my pivot, we talked about this before this podcast, was like finding my voice, 
finding my flow. You know, I think about yeah. Eric Clapton, right? When he, um, you know, locked himself in a room for, you know, a year and just like learn like how to how do I go mm. from good to great on the guitar? Learn the chords, learn the keys and like really finding your voice. Part of my journey is that because and this might sound cocky, so I have to be cautious how I say it. Well, I'm going to call you I, a jerk <laughs> if it is. Okay? Here it is. Here it is. All right. Okay. Here, here's the truth. A year from now, there will be an opportunity for me to go somewhere and sell somebody something. I will have a, it might not be a CMO. I might be a V, whatever the title is. I'll have an opportunity to make good money doing marketing on a corporate level, right? That will be there. And I don't say that lightly because I don't, um, I don't want to, you know, uh, have confidence in the future that I can't see. Right. So it's not like, but it's like, I'm confident I could probably do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if I spent this time and I had to go back to do what I did, I don't view that as success. I think success mm-hmm. in this season is actually building, building the tools, the talent, the technique, learning how to write, learning the art, learning mm-hmm. the rules so yeah. that I can build um, this gift that I think I have into something not only that serves others, but becomes an mm-hmm. opportunity to build a different type of career. And yeah. that's that's something I know I won't, I won't be able to finish that in a year, but I can start building the roots of it. But I'm very cautious of uh, I don't necessarily want to be the guy. Oh, the marketing guy that wrote the marketing book. I mean, that because that, that's the easiest way to do it. I, I would have huh. just done yeah. something. Yeah. Hey, here's how Patron, you know, became a, you know, you know, billion dollar brand. Yeah. Um, but that's not. What yeah, because I, that's what, that's what I would right? advise you to do. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would make sense. Right. And trust me, I've got plans right here on my desk of. Oh well, just do this and do a newsletter and like, and the the challenge isn't monetize myself. That's yeah. not the goal. My goal is create something new, mm. different that matters, and then monetize that. And so I'm very mm. diligent around building that first. But also, you know, I'm yeah. still doing advising, so I'm still like, you know, working with some brands yeah. to to help, you know, uh, not only keep me sharp, but also still still mentor leaders who are building out companies. So yeah, yeah it's a it's an interesting piece of it but it's a it's kind of like i'm an artist in the studio probably three days out of the week and then two days out of the week where i'm still kind of a pseudo marketing guy so it's 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 a little fluid (laughs) well and when i met you one of the questions i asked you is like what do you really enjoy doing like what do you really love and one of the things you told me was that you enjoyed writing and there was this thing that you had written for i think it was your dad or your father at one time and he responded and said, man, like you are really are a good writer. Like, like you're really good at this. And yeah. <laughs> you even told me that at like 22 years old and like it stuck with you. And so I think I know that about you, but I forget that about you. Like, that, yeah, man, yeah, like good. you really are a good writer. And it's also something that you found your value in from your father at an early age. And so you're just going back to that. And I think that that's beautiful. Um, and yeah, it's fun to have a friend like me who's going to come along beside you and say, hey, like, how you doing on that? <laughs> How's that Where going? you at in your writing, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. You ready to publish the newsletter this week? Yeah. Like stuff like that, you know, yeah. so awesome. I'm excited to be a part of it with you. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be a great journey. And I, I, I got to say, I mean, I've had so many friends and family be so supportive and like, hey, how can I help? How can I get involved? And I, I have a list. I actually have an Excel doc of people who have said, hey, if you need I have a list, so I will be reaching out to everyone uh, on that yeah. list because yeah, it's 
this isn't the Adrian show, but no, it's, it's it's been great to have this time just to to create and read. I spend a lot of yeah. time reading actually, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I think sometimes it feels self indulgent. It feels like, mm, yeah, shouldn't you be? And so giving myself permission to create and like it almost feels like treason to be able to enjoy life this way. So mm. I, I have to I talk myself off the ledge a little bit because sometimes it's just like it like. I feel like I'm just real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, am I cheating? Like, should I be doing so? Yeah. That, so that'll be yeah. a constant theme when next couple months we got to do a check in of like, are you, do you still feel like you're cheating or you found, uh, you know, permission? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, to give you uh, a question that I think everybody wants to ask that's probably listening to this that are mm-hmm. you know, in their 20s or 30s is if you could go back in time now. Right. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back to 25, what would you do differently at 25 that you did? Maybe you did it, but maybe you didn't do it. What would you do differently at 25? Oh, man. Two things come to mind at 25 year old Adrian, who is still in, you know, working in New York City. I think I met Liz Claiborne at that time. I'm the man. I I, I thought I was a man. Two things. Um, Learn how to direct your dollars and direct your desires. Mm. Those are the two things, right? So direct my desires. I feel like at that time, especially in your 20s, for me, it was all about, you know, prestige. I wasn't married, so it was like girls, 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 girls. It was, you know, what's new, what's different, what's hot. And like, unless you have that focus, I can see how it's wasted so much time and energy. There's so many... Mm. um, I feel like blessings I almost forfeited because I wasn't focused or disciplined. And yeah. so I think learning how to like direct your desires and, and you know, it, it's, you know, it's like the, you know, age old tale of like, Hey, you're a bachelor, you're in a big city, do your thing. But yeah, that, I, I can see how I wasn't necessarily open to counsel or wisdom. It was like, what are you doing? Right. So direct your yeah. desires, like having that focus and then direct your dollars, man. Even though I'm in a, much better and different financial position today. And I'd say yeah. some of that is smart decisions me and my wife have made. Uh, another half of that is God's grace who had this open doors that we didn't plan on, open opportunities that we didn't deserve. It, it, it kind of happened for us. Um, but you don't have to, you don't have to wait on a, a miracle or like there's ways to do that. So if I'd started at 25, just like yeah. being smart, like live well below your means so if I was 25, man, if I had known what I know now, oh, man, like just lock in a lifestyle that is like, man, like mm-hmm. instead of asking yourself, how much can you make? How much can I spend? Like how little do I need? Right. Like yeah. what's the what's the cheapest car I could get? What's the like, man, it, uh, that would yeah. change so many lives if you just learn how to economically be more uh, wise. But at that time, I wasn't trying to hear it. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 don't, I don't know if I would have listened to me, but I wish I would have. Yeah, so if you? you're hearing if you're hearing this at 25, listen to the voice of Adrian. <laughs> yeah, listen to the, the old man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I would tell myself at 25 is that you're going to change. Yeah, and nobody talks about that, right? Like nobody talks yeah. about how much you change in your 20s. Um, so if I could go back, I would, I would remove myself, almost third eye myself, right? Yeah, and see the change happening, and run run to it and also um do it in a healthy way if that makes sense right because i really started reading at about 25 26 for the first time you know like i had read 
because I needed to, but then I started reading because I wanted to. And it yeah. changed my life, right? It made me um, wide open to new things. It made made experiences better. It made me relationally healthier. Um, and I think I would just look at myself at that period and just say, okay, keep doing more of that. Keep doing more of that because it's going to pay off. Um, I, like you, would have directed my dollars different as well. I would have started investing um, with compounding interest. Like nobody taught me about compounding interest at yeah. 25, right? And so I think my goal now with our team, so to give you some background, we've got a team of seven or eight folks. Most of them are from a Hispanic background, right? So Jesus is my business partner. Um, he's actually one of what you would call a DACA kid. You know, like he came over when he was 12 or 13 at, you know, the request of his parents. His parents had already moved to the States. He was living in Mexico with his mm -hmm. sister. And his family said, we want you to come live with us in North Carolina. And so he didn't really have a choice, right? So he got his brother and they came to the U.S. And he's one of those folks that you hear about in the news all the time that is DACA, right? So we've been going through the immigration process with him for the last three years, you know, and it's an ongoing thing. It's not cheap. It's not fast, right, for anybody out there listening. But through him, we have developed a secondary family um, in the Hispanic community here in Lynchburg, right? And so one of the things that we're trying to teach our young guys is it's a game. Like money yeah. is a game. Investing is a game. Um, you got to make wise decisions, right? We know that. You've got to have education and learning. We know that. And then the third thing is, is that you've got to understand compounding interest, and so that, that literally is what we're teaching. We're, dude, we're playing a different game. Like some people yeah. think we're doing construction. Uh, some yeah. people think we're renovating old houses. And sure, but that's not the game that we're playing. Like we are playing education. We are playing community. We are playing teach people things that normally in the circumstances or communities that they come from that these things aren't taught. They're not, you know, like... There's certain yeah, communities yeah. where you grew up and like you, you knew this in sixth grade, dude, you, you don't know this stuff, um, in certain communities in our country and you think it's common knowledge. Well, you got a library. Well, you've got the internet. No, nah, man, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And so our goal yeah. is, is to educate yeah. Yeah, 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 and teach our team. And then, you know, that way, and you and I talk about this all the time, like then we can build legacy type of wealth then we can make sure that all of the families that are working with us, right, are building wealth and legacy for the future. Um, so that when you and I look back, we don't see generations of wealth lost because people didn't buy a home, generations of wealth lost because people didn't invest their money. We make every effort to teach that. And so when we leave this world, we leave it in a, in a state of, well, everybody that we touched had access to the same information that we've been given. And we didn't, we didn't hoard that for ourselves, right? Like, we believe that the pie can get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Sure, like, are we concerned about our slice of it? Yeah, but I'm more concerned with, like, making the pie bigger for everybody, especially those that are on our team. And so I think looking back at 25, I would just say, hey, if you know that this is coming up, if you know that this is the way that you want your life to be and the people that you want to surround yourself with, like – get started earlier that's so good well one thing we're gonna talk about in a future episode right i'm passionate talking about diversity equity and how we move that forward in a material way one thing i'm passionate about is the you know there's real systemic disparity built into 
I think, you know, not only the American kind of, you know, experiment of democracy, but it's built into our communities. And I think the challenge is, though, you can get stuck talking about it and pointing yeah. it out, which is not yep. uh, I'm not dismissing that. There are people and researchers and writers and academics who are all talking about it. And it's that's important yeah. work. But and policies that help fix it. But I think we also need the people who are doing it right. Yep. Seven or eight people now. Right. Who yeah. wouldn't have access to knowledge or the capital, et cetera. And it's not necessarily their fault. And Jesus's fault at all. Like Jesus is doing what he can. And now he's got access and now yep. he's giving access. And so now that disparity among those seven or eight people. Right. That yeah. decreases and they're able to do it. So let's do both. Let's yep. talk about it. Educate. I'm going to write about it. Let's let's yeah. debate it. Let's do keynotes and blog posts. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But let's do the thing. Let's yeah. change the thing. And I, yeah. I love that you're able to do that in a real meaningful way. I, you you got to have both of those. Let me touch on this real quick. So, you know, in the current world we live in of social media, I am so tired of seeing everybody talk about things but not yeah. do things, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give you the one simple thing yeah. you can do this week. If you own an Airbnb... Oh, you yeah. can log into the backside of your app and there's a little radio button and you can say, make my Airbnb open to refugees and people that are seeking asylum. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Like there are some details that will work themselves out through that. But like if we believe what we say we believe. Yeah. Aren't we supposed to welcome the alien, the orphan and the widow? Alien, orphan and widow. Just keep repeating that to yourself and then click on that little button. <laughs> <laughs> and just wait to see what yeah. happens, right? Yeah. You must make yourself available. Yeah. Right? You can't just post like, oh, praying for Afghanistan. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. praying for the kids that are stuck at the border in cages. Right? Yeah. Nah, dude. You got to make yourself available. So a couple of weeks ago, we hosted a family from Honduras for two weeks um, they actually came to the U.S. actually to get vaccinated because they couldn't get access to it there, and they had family here, so they came. Um, we hosted them for two weeks. They were awesome. I think they left the Airbnb cleaner than <laughs> than we had it for yeah. them. Yeah. And um, man, it was such a good experience. And so I would just encourage you out there. It's exactly what Adrian said. Like, don't just write about it or talk about it, or heaven forbid, post about it. Yeah. Do something about it. <laughs> Do something about it. Yeah, yeah. The actions have to be there, and I think that's what's lacking yeah. in a lot of it. And sometimes people do stuff and they don't post about it. But I, I, I do think that's the the energy and effort we spend fighting yeah. and things like that. And I'm guilty myself, right? I mean, I'll, I'll get into a, a a virtual, you know, scuffle as quick as anybody. But I, I think we we got to back it up. We, we got to put our, yeah. our wallets and our watches right in places yeah. where they can be a benefit. So. And that's that. the wrestling of James, right? Like, yeah. and you and you know that's why I love yeah. the Book of James so much. Is that that's exactly what he's teaching? It's like, hey, like your posts, your grandstanding, your yeah. speaking on these items is it's dead if you yeah. don't have works behind it. You know, so I just encourage you guys, like, don't just talk about it, be about it. You know, so yeah, that's it, man. All right, AP, that's gonna wrap up. Episode one, season two. Where are we yeah. headed? What do we got coming up um, for the next couple of episodes in this season? Yeah, you know, I, I think we want to dig really into. Um, let's, we're gonna talk about our faith journeys. I think we both have been. I think not only us, our communities, our culture has been challenged. In, yeah, the church as a whole right now. Yeah. There's a reckoning happening. Yeah, yeah. For past abuses, 
um, poor decisions in leadership. Like yeah. it's happening in our culture right yeah. now. Yeah, I feel like we're the faith in America, right? The American church, um, I use that term very generally, is is in the furnace. And so I think our response is going to be so important. So I want to share some personal stories there about, yeah. you know, our only faith journeys and kind of ha- how we're tackling that as well. Um, you know, I also want to talk about, let's talk about some of the special projects we're working on, some of the marketing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm working with a brand out in California. I want to kind of share some, some things about that on, you know, kind of yeah. w- what we're doing from a work perspective and branding and marketing. And some of these are small businesses. So I think a lot of that will be applicable to people who have their own businesses or who, you know, who aren't working in a billion dollar brand. You know, you're, you're working in a smaller brand as well. But, then, you know, let's, I want to talk about relationships, you know, like um, our wives, you know, husbands. How are we treating women? Um, mm. How are we viewing them? How are we championing them? How are we supporting them? So many things have changed, I think, from a rev- the revelations have changed in the past. That I want to start to dig up yeah. some of that. Uh, and share stories where I face planted miserably. And I had a request. Mm. Alicia asked me last night. She's like, you guys need to dig into the, there's this thing there with the, you know, women and sexism and all. Like, we, we need to go a little deeper there. And so uh, I don't have that one figured out um, as well. And I'm writing a post now, actually. I'll probably post it at some point in the next week. Um, okay. I've been very fascinated with, because um, I have family and friends who refuse to get vaccinated or who have very different probably more polarizing points of view on like the path to, you know, getting over COVID where there's masks or distancing. And I live in a community that has very, there's a divide growing. So I've spent some time just talking to people and it's been fascinating to hear. um, And we're reading books about, okay, like how do you like get a joint point of view on like how this works? So that's one I'm, I'm just a kid in the candy store trying to figure out like, it's the marketing mind of like, how do you get someone that's here to come? And then how do we start to do this together? So there's some some topics on, on my head um, that, yeah, I'd, I'd love, love to share about some things I'm, I've been writing about. Well, I think the, the go-tos for us are always going to be diversity. They're always going to be faith. And they're yeah. always going to be work, right? We know that. One of the things that you wrote down was going to be talking about the the decoy of diversity, the diversity decoy, right? And it was this Ooh, yeah. idea about how diversity just makes us feel better. But is it actually changing anything? So we're going to unpack that. Um, and then the idea of training yourself to um, get unstuck, like get your joy unstuck. That was one of the things that you talked about early too. I think you were calling it yeah. training w- wills, like W-I-L-L-S, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm willing myself to do this, right? How to get unstuck in your joy. Yeah. Um, and I think the third thing we'll talk about is how I almost got in a Giant fight at Bush Gardens with an entire family. I think that'll be fun. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we well, definitely have so. to talk about that soon. And if you remember the family that almost kicked Daryl's uh, butt, uh, yeah. you, you should definitely drop us a note. Hi, <laughs> uh, AP. What a great first episode. Let's get it, it in in season two, baby. Yes, sir, man. You have a good one. Love you guys. Love you too, man. Bye. Hey guys, this is DC, and this was the Unfollow Podcast. We hope you like what you heard today. And if you didn't, that's okay. There's 100,000 other podcasts you can choose to subscribe to. But if you like this one, do us a favor and subscribe or share it with a friend.